leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, our heroes, our Clone Force 99 is going on a treasure hunt. We will be joining them and we're going to be talking about that and much more right after these ads we have no control over. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, a podcast for romantic action animation and cartoons, surprisingly seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts from this galaxy. I am Zuhair Ali. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And if you couldn't tell, we are doing another episode of Bad Batch. This is season two, episode five. We do have a little bit of news, but uh, if you guys want to hear more, more of a breakdown and our thoughts on this news and stuff, check out the My Hero Academia episode. It's going to be season six, episode 16. We open up the show with our news, so we're going to be going into a lot more detail about that. But for all the people who drop in when we do Star Wars and superhero stuff, we appreciate you guys checking us out. And the quick bit of news for stuff for you guys to listen to us in the future is that Harley Quinn is doing a like Valentine's season. Um, it's a Valentine's Day special. The trailer has dropped. It's going to be on HBO Max February 9th. Check out the My Hero episode uh, for the details on that. And then there is a teaser for Invincible season two. It's a great watch. Just great banter between two characters that we love. Uh, they don't have an exact date yet, but it is coming out this year. We do have reactions to that. Check out My Hero Academia for more news. But for the people that are here, let's talk about Bad Batch. Let's do it to it. So, yes, Season 2, Episode 5, titled Entombed. And here's the synopsis. While searching a junkyard for use- useful salvage, Omega and Wrecker find an ancient compass containing a set of coordinates toward the uncharted Kaldar Trinary that carry the promise of treasure. Fee, Genoa, and Omega persuade the Bad Batch to set out for the system, where the compass leads them to Skaranal, the resting place of a legendary crystal, the heart of the mountain. They find the stone, but upon removing it, Skaranal is, pre- is revealed as an ancient doomsday mech, which begins running amok. The Bad Batch and Genoa manage to return the crystal, which deactivates and destroys the machine. This episode was the perfect roller coaster Hmm. of how i feel about this show Hmm. interesting started off as oh a treasure hunt that doesn't sound episodic at all 
<laughs> and then we go up to when they reach their destination. Oh, this is ancient before the Jedi. We have our incredible music. The light is the lighting is insane. This looks so beautiful. I'm loving every bit of it. To oh, it was episodic. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? A bell curve? Sure, sure. In terms yeah, of where like it just grading. starts low and just that perfect dip and then comes back down. Yeah, this episode yeah. was a perfect bell curve. Okay. That's a, an interesting take. And uh, you bring up the lighting, and I was going to say this episode was dark. Not like you think I mean, but it was actually just like literally dark. I don't think we've had as many episodes that kind of played with like the dark lighting like that. Uh, I will say in terms of the series as a whole and particularly this season, I think this is probably going to go down as one of the more forgettable episodes for me, which is not to say it wasn't enjoyable. It was perfectly enjoyable. I just don't know how much of an impact it had on the story at large. It was kind of just a little fun escapade for the crew with Fijino. It was nice to spend time with that character um, and get Wanda Sykes coming back. But yeah, I, I really don't know what kind of lasting impact this episode's going to have. It's one of those things where it's like in Filoni we trust. We're just going to mm. hope that this comes back somehow when it's going to be in a really gratifying way. Sure. I, I can just hope though. Um, <laughs> when that character did come up at the beginning, I thought it was hilarious. She was like, the story is different every time she tells it. Oh, but yeah, when yeah. she had the nerve to come up and just look at the salvage and just start like, you know, picking stuff up and this and that, I was like, sorry for this. Bitch, who do you think that you are? <laughs> that you're just coming into our team's business and just being like, oh, look what you got here. And I'm just going to scrap you this. It's like, we can split it. It's like, that's not even yours. <laughs> and what do you mean by split 50-50? Like, you get a whole half and the, the other five have to split a half? Like, guarantee they're going to be doing most of the work. And I love Omega's, like, curiosity and her observational skills. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, we have another kid in the series, but like we're endeared and have seen enough progress and growth and development with her that like I I just genuinely enjoy those like those childlike feats that she has knowing that she's just capable of so much more. Yeah, I was going to say with your take on Fee, I think Omega is probably the one that would disagree with you the strongest because she's just like clearly enamored. And this episode obviously had like, a lot of close ties to Indiana Jones in terms of being mm-hmm. like a, a treasure hunt, like a hunt through ancient ruins full of booby traps to find this relic. And I kind of thought it was fitting that like Omega kind of like stepped up into like kind of a Spielberg archetype with this like very capable and intelligent kid character. And I think she mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of short round in that, in that sense from the temple of doom, which is fitting because Kiku Kwan who just made his return to acting this year. And and we'll talk about Oscar nominations in the next episode, but he actually received an Oscar nomination. But uh, when you, when you gave your take on fee, kind of like, who do you think you are? I noticed obviously Hunter had his issues with fee this episode. He was just kind of a curmudgeon the whole time, but I noticed text body language too. He just like immediately crossed mm-hmm. his arms and you like read everything he was thinking. Like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Cause he just had his big moment and everything too. So it's like, we're yeah. fresh on, we're fresh on the tech body language. He wasn't happy yeah. with that. <laughs> Granted, yeah. he did have the line of like, oh, you could have left everything else there. So it's like, cool. Like Omega's curiosity got you here. But at the same time, there's zero for two on their treasure hunts. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. oh my God, another thing I hated about her. 
when she was dropping the crystal in every possible crevice oh yeah when when she just about fell out i was hoping that she would just totally fall and just <laughs> not make the landing i was so annoyed with oh, her man. that would be dark just get like crushed up in the gears and whatnot. oh geez Where, where's the disney r thing that we need so, right. so whatever service they're making to cater to Deadpool and Blade, like I just need the version where she just falls out and splats. <laughs> uh, maybe also, a... I was hoping Andrew would be here just for this one comment, but that mecha mm. looked like Arceus, which is like the Pokemon god. The oh. second it popped up, I was like, have I been playing too much Pokemon or does that look exactly like Arceus? It's Interesting. Arceus. Interesting, because that mech reminded me of a different video game series, still Nintendo, but it made me think of the Legend of Zelda, um, why am I blanking? Uh, the Breath of the Wild, there were the Divine Beast. I don't know if you played that one, but... I watched the... my roommate play it. Okay. I think part I of... about, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's super spoil- spoilery to say, like, part of the game is, like, going across the world and discovering these, like, giant beasts that, like, when they're in one state, they're kind of like doomsday devices, but when they're in the other, they're actually, like, saviors, and they function very similarly like they light up their like ancient technology that comes back alive and they ultimately shoot giant lasers so i felt i found myself uh making those connections so it was actually but that's not the only video game i actually found myself making connections to i actually um a a video game within the star wars lore itself i found a lot of this episode kind of reminded me of fallen order yep yeah yep i was traumatized (laughs) From that first planet, the puzzles that you had to go through underground. Yeah, yeah. The shaping and everything was very similar. And I can't remember the name of the planet. It begins with a Z, right? Oh, I, I can't tell you a single planet from okay. that game except for Kashyyyk, maybe. But that but that first planet with the with the freaking moles and the goats oh, and everything. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I just don't the remember the name. The first time I left that planet after beating it, I was like, if I could control the Death Star for a day, I would blow this up just out of spite. And yeah. just give those goats the finger as it crumbled. Yeah. Um, yeah I hated the planet so much. It's one of the reasons I never got through the game. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I have, we can have a whole other episode about my thoughts on I, that game. I was going to say this might turn into like a review of that game. But my key takeaway from that game is I remember thinking like it was marketed towards casual gamers. But it was more of like a straight up like gamers gamer game. Gamers gamer game. Let's see. EA just needs that. to stick with sports stuff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm glad I thought, the contract ended. I'm yeah. glad other people can make Star Wars games now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was but very frustrated. Outside of the puzzles, which were obviously like felt a lot like the game, I also thought the planet at the beginning, the junkyard planet, reminded me a lot of like the planet that we first found Cal mm-hmm. Kestis on. And I wondered if it was the same planet, perhaps. Yeah, I was very ready for a uh, cameo after that point. Hey. But it's just, it credits Star Wars to the level of consistency, the fact that we can go through the movies, the video games, the TV shows, um, and just like these these different stories and stuff. And we see the consistency just within design. Mm, for sure. And we, it, it, I don't know if we blame, or blame, if we credit Filoni for that, I don't know if we credit Star Wars as a whole, Lucasfilm as a whole for that. But they've done a very, very, very good job of keeping everything feel connected. And that is the excitement of kind of like this phase of Star Wars mm. where you don't have to like everything. There is kind of a little bit of something for everyone. But sure. for the people who do watch it all, like 
it feels like we're just focusing on this one period. We have the similar architecture. We have the similar lore. We have the similar stories. Like we understand so much about what's happening in this time frame without having to, without having to really think too much on it. Like there, are, I don't feel like there's too many like universe building plot holes. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I, it's a long way of me saying this is very consistent and I love it. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it's it's the thing about the Star Wars universe too that I feel like they're finally really starting to to understand is that this is such a large and expansive galaxy like we don't have to like stay so finely focused on like the same group of characters or that mm-hmm. everybody knows each other like there are so many stories to tell and I think that having a group like the Bad Batch allows us to explore some of those corners where they're obviously seeing the kind of change from the Republic to the Empire and everything that goes with that, but they're not directly participating. And maybe down the road further in the season, they will play a more pivotal role. But I think it speaks to exactly what you're saying. By expanding the playground a little bit, things don't have to get so murky. It gets a little more enriched and realized. So I appreciate that. Pre and post Empire really seems to be like the focal point of Lucasfilms lately. Mm. It seems to be the sweet spot that Star Wars fans enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I I would say so. It's like between this taking place pre Empire, like you're saying, and then like things like the Mandalorian kind of taking place like post Return of the Jedi, but not to the sequel trilogy yet. That seems to be the sweet spot that we really don't. There's, like I said, it's kind of a fertile ground to do some storytelling because you're not so beholden to things that we already know are these like large historical events that are kind of like concrete in the canon. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I have too much more to say on this one Uh, again. Yeah, it was fun, but uh, I don't know how well it will be remembered in the great scheme of things. Yeah. I'll just remember my hatred for that woman and (laughs) I, I appreciate design-wise what they do, but story-wise, it's like, where are we going uh, here? Uh, you know what? Um, to Andrew's credit, he normally brings up the music, and I want to make sure I credit the composer that's been working because I know it's been the same composer across God, the board. It was but... beautiful when they were doing the puzzles and stuff and like how it just went from so so serene to just the intensity building up as the doors open. I was like, this is really good. Yeah, and I think there was a moment before that. I think it might have still been on the junkyard planet, but it was kind of like it went from like a very like kind of like techno sound that was a little unsettling to me to a very serene kind of score. And mm. I, I thought the transition like really stood out to me. So uh, let's see. Kevin Kleiner. Kevin Kleiner has been the composer uh, for the Bad Batch thus far. It looks like he also worked on Rebels and the Clone Wars, which is fitting. So he's really um, stepping up to the the legacy that John Williams uh, created. Doing a good yeah, job. There's, there's songs from Rebels that I actually have saved on playlists and stuff. That they're just The music is so... Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, aside from... R.I.P., which seems to be just that version of that droid mm-hmm. that got incinerated. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything else. This this was an episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say I'm glad the droid's coming back because it felt like I felt like it was kind of like emotionally manipulative. It's like this droid was loyal and stayed behind and you're just going to make 
the droid be the <laughs> one just vic- trying to hobble out of there. The one victim of this thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, goodness. Okay. And then she's well, talking about like how she had like the memory bank saved on mm-hmm, board, but it's like, right. is there a cloud service or something? Because you just updated coordinates before he ever made it back to the ship. Mm, so question. unless these things are running on droid cloud, you did miss out on some imperative information. <laughs> just like comes back with partial memories it's kind of like uh what's that christopher memento christopher yeah. memento yeah <laughs> uh that would that would actually be an interesting story i'd i'd see i'd watch a series or movie like that in the star wars universe a droid that only has like partial memory that's going on like a revenge quest that'd be cool copyright animation delivery <laughs> All right. The only thing I can really say is, um, I'm I'm paraphrasing it, but when they were done with the compass, the sentiment of like the compass has done its job. Mm, mm-hmm. I just I just really loved. There was something about that was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, very... I'm sorry. My last 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 thing. Sure. Hunter's helmet. It doesn't have to split anymore. Like it looks cool how it is, but the fact that Hunter's original helmet was like split, like how his face is split, was really cool. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so that just kind of me out a little uh bummed you out okay yeah i could see like that. it's not a bad look if you had just shown me the helmet by itself i would have been like that looks really cool yeah. but the fact that i know it's hunter's helmet mm. is like Ugh. yeah I, i'm still enjoying like the flourishes of color and like when he saved fee from her fate that you would have rather seen i did notice how like the green in his shoulder pads like really stood out um in that particular lighting so yeah i like it even when in the bar and stuff, like the fact they're wearing different clothes instead of their armor all the time is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, I encourage everyone that's listening, if you've got some things to bring up that maybe we didn't highlight on this episode, definitely send us some feedback. You can write in or send a audio recording of yourself to animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on any of our social medias. We are on Facebook. We can be found at Animation Deliberation, Twitter, Animation Delib1, and Instagram at Animation Deliberation. So hit us up, leave us a review, give us a rating. All of those things help us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, anything else you want to mention here, Zuhair? Uh, no, if you want to hear me talk about NFL uh, playoffs, 323 Murphy, aside from that, just continuing on with my black clover binge to all the people that i've been texting in the shocking scenes that i've been seeing i apologize for the one two a.m text but (laughs) whoo is it getting good (laughs) cool cool all right well that'll do it for me thank you for listening and keep tuning in that's t-o-o-n-i-n may the force be with you and as always stay whelmed lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details